Hey, Gary. Yes? Hey, do you want to do a podcast with me where we explore core topics? Oh, fuck yeah. Yes. Hey, and let's call it Queer Nundrum. Oh my God, yes. Awesome. Please listen carefully. Hey, welcome to our show, Conundrum. I am your host, Holly Greystone. And I am your other amazingly fabulous host, Gary M. Thorin Jr. Hey, man, how you doing? I'm doing great. Sounds like I'm doing better here in Texas than <laughs> you are in, in the Palouse. Washington. Right yeah. Well, for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, we're recording this a little bit later than we otherwise would have planned because yours truly was shoveling out snow. So much snow. Not all of Washington State got the same amount of snow and not even all the people in the city I live in got the same amount of snow because wind drifts. Um, so I have to dig out my truck, which sits pretty high as it is. So it's a good clearance and it should should be able to make it but it, i've gotten questionably close to my mother-in-law's car more than a few times oh, and yeah. we don't have to do that no <laughs> no no it's a brand new car she just got it um so it's been it it's been kind of a challenge trying to figure that out a little bit like i know it needs to be done but i can't do it right now which is i need to basically grade the ground so I have to remove dirt and it's it's cold wet heavy dirt and nobody's gonna come out and do that and i sure as hell i'm not gonna do it so I was shoveling snow and didn't realize that I was not on the edge of the curb because we had so much snow. So I rolled my ankle apparently and then face planted into the middle of the street. And you couldn't see me because there was so much freaking snow. And I had to roll myself to get up because I couldn't get up. There's so much snow. So I had to roll myself back, which right. ended up on ah. the sidewalk. Um, and I, so I'm trying to get myself just re-centered. Re I was doing grounding exercises while laying on my back. And I'm like, you're fine. You're fine. This is fine. We're fine. And I'm like, I can't lay here in the middle of the street. <laughs> I have to, I have to get up. And just then Des Not comes out. Sober. Huh? Not sober anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> Des comes out just as I'm, I'm recovering and she's like, what happened so I told her and she's like are you okay and I was like yeah I'm just I'm I'm sore and it hurts but yes I'm fine and she's like please tell me you got that on camera <laughs> oh, <laughs> because I, I had just installed security cameras a couple months ago and so I was like yeah I'll check because that's a fair question you did make sure I was okay first so I appreciate that um so yeah, it was a little bit rough. I, I re-injured my back a little bit from the fall. Um, I was worried. I was honestly worried about that when you told me about it. That was yeah, it it'll take a little bit between that and just all the shoveling. It's it's yeah. not a movement my body does well these days because of that disc. And so it kind of you know, can I offer something to both of you? Because you tell me the Desiree's out there shoveling the snow right now. Yeah, so she's outside and college, I <laughs> you live in a town that has college kids everywhere. Uh -huh. You don't think you can hire one of them to do that, you know, because I'm just saying that, you know. I'm just saying we can't even rely on the companies that's supposed to shovel our sidewalks because everybody is short staffed because of COVID. 
our oh, regular yeah. person who's been doing it for 10 years, it's a, it's a company. They just cut that part of their company. They, they just, they had no staff and then they're a lawn, they're a lawn service company. So they are focusing yeah. only on lawn care. They're not doing any snow removal this year. Oh, and wow. so we went with another lawn care company that also does uh, snow removal. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, I've seen better run operations. It was a little, I could, it just was sketch. They ended up having to, instead of using their quad, they had to come out and hand shovel our sidewalk because there's that much snow. But yeah. it was also because they, they had a bucket that was a quarter of the width longer or wider than the sidewalk. So of course you're going to hit, you know, either the grass or the huge snow embankment that the city have, has pushed up against the sidewalks. Like, you need a smaller bucket. You can't just run this thing. So they kept getting stuck in the snow because uh, they kept driving <laughs> off because they kept driving off of the curb. And I'm like, man, you could do it. There's so many other ways to do this. But anyway, not my place, not my monkey, not not my circus. I left it alone. Well, but we can't I- even re- we can't even rely on them to do it. So finding a college student that that has a car that can drive in the snow that can get to our house to do the work is probably not going to happen. Aren't you near, you're near a, you're near a high school, right? Oh, no, you're near a junior high. Oh, yeah, junior. and I think that's child labor law or something in there. I don't know. No, no, it's not. <laughs> no, no. Um, anyway. I have to say, I, I feel your pain. We're actually, oh, you know. You cannot freeze. say you feel our pain, mister. I'm in Texas. Even your freezing temperatures are warmer than us. Yeah, we're, we're, we're going to reach 34 degrees tonight. I'm. Ooh. I, you know, so I, I get, I, I'm in solidarity with you here. That's so. our high. <laughs> <It's> 34. <laughs> no, um, no, no, I really am sorry for you guys. I've seen all, all over Facebook, all you guys' pictures. You actually have more snow right now than Gunnison, which I uh, think is I believe hilarious. it. And Spokane, Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know, so like my, my daughter, and I know you have more than this, my daughter, uh, Lene put a, she showed me by putting um, a ruler into the snow and showed it went above the ruler. So it was, it's over a foot of snow and they're in their front yard right now. Yeah. So. And that was pretty much last night's snowfall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, it came down pretty good. We got a good covering. We had just shoveled our driveway and everything. And um, we were all set. We knew we were going to get snow. And we thought, okay, you know, if we get this up, then we only have a little bit of snow to deal with. And it turned out to be a lot more. Right now, we're we're actually a little bit more concerned about the ice because it rained a little bit today on yeah. top of all that snow that we got. We're probably going to see some patches of black ice, especially in areas where we get higher wind, wind and some, you know how it is. Like There's like a oh, yeah. weird weather channel that cuts through the Palouse. It's colder and windier and it's usually where that you find black ice along the highway so i wouldn't be surprised to, that there's some car accidents or slow down because of that but oh I, i'm sure it'll happen oh yeah and that's bad but um other than that how is how is other than weather and your ankle <laughs> how- uh good <laughs> i so my work has uh has four snowblowers and not a single one of them works and a quad with oh, a snow blade on it that doesn't that kind of works and it stopped oh. working the day before and i was like that's it okay that's so it. wait a minute wait a minute stop here yeah you didn't use your 
lesbian superpowers to make them all work again? Listen, listen, okay. <laughs> listen, Gary. I said, that's it. I'm gonna fix it. So I, so yesterday, full grease monkey mode. I'm wearing coveralls. I'm wearing one of the maintenance shirts. I got my music blasting. I got because I got cute nails on right now. My nails are looking popping, looking good. I got all my gloves on. I smell like ether. I smell like carburetor cleaner. I smell like oil, smell like grease. And oh yeah, definitely smell like gasoline. I stripped down two motors, rebuilt them, got both of the snow motors working. I know, flexing my muscles up here. And I I didn't work on the quad as much as I wanted to because at this point I had put in a, a full day of just yeah. grease monkeying it. I but I did get some greasing done on, on some of the gears that because I was having problems shifting from the reverse neutral to first, and those are the yeah. primary three that we use. And so I was able to get that to run a little bit smoother. So there definitely will be some re, re, remodeling, not remodeling, but rebuilding on that part. Meanwhile, while this is happening, I have to go out and get gas. Because I, I, the gas leaked out when I was fixing the thing. Of course. And I had not one, not two, but three guys hit on me. Did they hit on you or were they, well, were they hitting on you more because of, ooh, she knows how to do shit? You know, I mean, I, let's I, keep- it's either, ooh, she knows how to do shit or, all right, a woman who doesn't care about getting dirty. All right. Because yeah. a couple of the, like, one of the guys was like, dirty work clean money and i'm like it spends the same dirty or not you know it's like what am i going to say to that comment i'm standing here in the freezing winter weather filling up gas cans like minding my own business and this guy's just like nice truck what are you outside working in this voluntarily you know just casual nice conversation nothing wrong with it but it's i'm freezing my ass off one and two i smell like a grease monkey and I'm like, I don't know who finds that attractive, but apparently guys do. And I'm like, man, I'm, I'm glad I don't smell like a grease monkey all the time. I, I think it's just, I'm going to guess part of it was that you're, I mean, that would have made you very approachable. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I don't mind, you know, that yeah. it's fine. They weren't rude or overt or inappropriate. It was just funny because you think like, yeah. You know, when you go out with your girlfriends or whatever, you're like, yeah, I want to look good. And you got like, you're dressed to the nines, you're looking hot and like nobody hits on you, but I could be covered in crease and overalls that are too big for me. Mm-hmm. And I get hit on three times in a day. I'm like, damn, I was doing this wrong in college. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I felt good. The guys, uh, the two maintenance techs that work with us, they, they came into the shop and I had this, this motor mostly put back together and they're like, damn girl, getting it done. Like just high fiving me and just really, you know, obviously I feel good yeah. because I'm like, yeah, I was, I was kicking ass and taking names, but it feels good to be able to demonstrate to my team. Like you, you might not have that skill set fresh in mind, but you can, you can figure it out. I just read manuals. I had all the manuals printed up. And I was like, I'm just following the manual. That's all I'm doing is just reading a manual and taking it one step at a time. And yes, I do have a background in mechanics. Uh, It's old. I mean, I haven't really worked on an engine in eight years, but still like the basic skills are still there. And I got to use that as a teaching moment to be like, you know how to do, if you know how to do these set basic skills, 
All you have to do is take it step by step. Sure, it's going to be slow and frustrating at first, but you just print out the user manual. Yeah. Or the diagnostic menu or, or menu manual. Or look at YouTube. Or YouTube. That's all I did. Cause I when I hurt my back when I fell, I took a I took a admin day and worked from home. And I had all the models for all the devices that we have that I'm needing to repair, but these two in particular. <laughs> and I just watched different videos. How do you strip down a carburetor and put it back together? I'm like, oh yeah, I remember how to do that. How do I strip the head on this and, and redo the gasket? And half the stuff I remembered from doing it eight years ago, but it was just, it was nice anyway. It was, it was fun. It was fun. And now I don't have to shovel any more snow because I have two snow blowers. And if I have to pick up another shovel at work to, to do anything, I'm going to be ticked off. <laughs> well, good though. It sounds like you had a really productive week. Um, yeah. It's odd. It's an odd feeling because it's like, I want to, I want to, I had this in my mind about who I would be and what I would be, you know, with my, I had my PNP and we had project manager. I'm going to run around and PNP everything and wah. And I really like the diversity of my job. I'm a mechanic at one moment off, you know, doing a meeting and running interviews the next and totally different outfit, totally different approaches and all, all the same job. But you know, enough about me. How are you doing? Well, it's, um, I'm doing really good. Actually, I had a very busy, but a good busy day at work today. It's funny, we're sort of at the other end of spectrums right now where I'm, my job really right now is almost exclusively desk work. I am about 85% of my day is spent at a desk and I have to remember to get up and stretch and I, I've already, uh, um, I'm going to be very glad with um, getting moved into our condo because I'll have a, um, a treadmill that I'll be using in the mornings to, because I literally, I just, I, I'm very, very sedentary right now. Um, and it's, um, it's okay because you forget when you haven't used a certain muscle in my brain, <laughs> the way I've used Oh right yeah, now. your brain. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm like, I, I get, I'm exhausted at the end of the day. And so, but, uh, so I am, cause it's just, I'm doing a lot of things which I'm loving, but stuff I haven't done in a long time, or I'm learning a bunch of new shit, learned a bunch of new shit today. Yay for and learning. So, yeah. So, but so I'm just, I am exhausted, but it, the good kind of exhausted. So it's not, it's not a bad thing. And so. Well, you sound um, better. That's for sure. Oh yeah. No. So I'm, I'm loving my job. Like, again, it's, Basically, I'm there, I you know, eight to five, loving it, loving it, loving it, loving it. Um, I got a new desk in today. I got to put it together. And I'm not sure when that's going to happen because, uh, oh, so Dean's, so anyway, that's going that. And then, um, so loving my job. Yay, yay, yay. But, and then um, Dean's here right now, which I'm loving. It's so nice to have Yeah, him. I heard his voice in the background. Yeah. Um, I actually tried to shut the door because he got on the he got on the he's now on the phone talking to somebody and I and I couldn't just yell at him. It would be wrong to yell, shut the fuck up. I I'm on my <laughs> Especially after say, you haven't seen him in a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So but, like, oh uh, by the way, shut up. <laughs> so we're gonna uh he literally but then on Saturday he so he brought he got everything up here. He he the poor guy down here from Gunnison. Drove the U-Haul two days, got it down here. Good job. Got everything in a 
a storage unit and now he's going to turn around and uh, he's taking a flight from Houston on Saturday morning back to Gunnison to grab his car this time and come back again. Because we decided because with all that, there was a lot of snow going on and passes were has been closed. He, we, neither of us felt comfortable with him towing his his car behind the U-Haul. We thought, no, that's just, that's too much. So we didn't want to do that. So, so this poor guy got, you know, three or four days here and then he's going to turn around and, and do it again. But this time won't be near as bad because he won't have, uh, he won't be driving a U-Haul without cruise control, which I felt terrible about. Oh, yeah. And, and he won't have a cat next to him in the cab meowing the entire way. So that's going to help. So I, I had brother with me, but he brought Mumford with him. And so that was, so um, the couple times we talked on the, <laughs> when he uh, talked to him, I was like, here at the background. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least we'll keep you awake on those long roads. So, so yeah, so Saturday he goes back and he'll be back again. Then he's literally, he'll be turning around and coming back. He'll be here Sunday, unless something happens with, we're, we're still waiting to hear that if that fight's been canceled because of, of, of COVID or. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, you know, we're assuming we're back Sunday and then Monday we do a final walkthrough of our new condo that we're getting. And we should theoretically everything works out right. Uh, be in our new place on either the 14th or the 15th. Um, so we're, okay. I, we don't want to say a definite for sure until we get all the paperwork signed, all the, you know, T's. Yeah, I's. something could always change. Yeah, so we're, um, but so we're getting ready to do all that. And we're actually, we were, it's funny, one of the things with this condo we're buying is it had a fireplace and we're going, well, okay, whatever, yippee skippy. And then this last week, granted, I know it's not your weather, but I'm going, Still. yeah. Yeah, why there, you know, you you want a fireplace here occasionally. It gets a little oh, yeah. chilly, though, you know. So so um doing that we're all and we're all excited because we started looking at, you know, we're getting some recliners and and uh do washer and dryer and things like that. So um we're doing that and then we um are just getting ready. So like I said, we do the walkthrough Monday after I get done with work that day and then later on in the week I'm going to be putting together my desks I was going to do it this weekend but that's not going to happen now uh-huh. all this and then oh oh so then it works so just barely you know barely there and when we're going to go through a state inspection I've been there two weeks and I get to go through a state inspection and I'm going oh Jesus Christ you couldn't have just given me <laughs> <laughs> Hi, welcome but, to the job. Can you please get us certified in this? Yeah, job? thank you. So yeah, so that's basically it. So that's what I that's what I I've been getting ready for. Okay, great, yay, yay! Thanks for the new job. <laughs> um, but yeah, so really, that my my other than that, I've been enjoying being able to get other food. You know, because this haven't been really cooking here a lot. Doing yeah, because you're staying at an Airbnb while everything's getting yeah. S- sorted. Yeah. So I, yeah. yeah. So there's a place to cook, but there's it's not really well equipped to do it. So sure. And so and really, I've been enjoying the fact of going out to get things like oh, I don't know, Thai. We haven't. I have up in Gunnison, they don't have a Thai restaurant or. Oh, I bet that was fun. Oh, I know. Or. 
So literally the places you can get food in Gunnison, there is pizza. There's like freaking 12,000 pizza places. I might be exaggerating a little bit, but, <laughs> um, and then they have, um, then after that, there's a Taco Bell, there's a McDonald's, and then there's a Arby's. And that's it for that kind of food. If, and, um, oh, Subway, I forget. So, but there's really, and there's some restaurants, but you know, you never know when they're going to be open. So that's been a real nice change and actually having Grubhub available to us here, which there's uh, none of that. Yep. And you have a lot more options just in general, a lot, a more. lot more variety, not just more options, but variety of options, mm -hmm. which is also nice. Oh yeah. So it's been, so it were, so I've been enjoying all that going out and doing that stuff, but that's really been kind of it. Um, well, yeah. nice. I'm glad that Dean's going to be there. I know they have to leave and come back again, but yeah. it's and nice to be able to have here, him. He doesn't, get, he doesn't get to leave again. We're just going to stay here. Other stay than there forever. The, yeah. I'm gonna, the, I'm really feeling that we could, quite honestly. I, I know you don't want to hear that, but I'm really feeling. <laughs> no, I want you to be happy. Yes, it'd be great. But, uh, you know, we're, we're even in an in-between place. We don't know where we're going to be. You You'll know, be we're selling. Go ahead. Oh, you're going to be down here. It'll happen. Yeah. yeah, no, Gary, this isn't one of those things where you convince me it's going to happen and, and then it actually does happen. No, I, I have no, no desire to live in Texas. I, I don't mind visiting and learning and, and doing all that fun stuff, but I just, it's too far away from family for me. So, no. But whatever, huh? what, whatever, there's planes. But there's whatever. planes, trains, and automobiles. I'm still too far away. Although anyway, I will say with COVID that, that, that changes things. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, there's planes, but there's COVID. But oh. we'll see. We'll see what happens. So, we should probably you, get going to, on our, our show. Yeah, huh? I was gonna say, let's get this, let's let's get this trainer running. Let's get okay. going. I uh, would like to take a moment unplanned here and just talk about Betty White. You know, that's so funny because I was going to talk about her at the end of the episode. So now that's great. No. <laughs> I can't. I just can't. Oh, my God. I can't. Well, and the thing that why why it fits into this queer conundrum so well is that she was for has been a huge champion of. Yes. Uh, originally gay rights, but she's, uh, you know, she had diversified and it was for queer rights yeah and I, I think that's true of many people over the oh, yeah. years it's like we as huge we develop our vocabulary we we change that but huge advocate for yeah. for our rights and hiv and aids awareness and research she one of the celebrities who really who really helped get uh get the uh helped try to raise money for aids research and stuff like that so yeah i Just, mean and Amazing, wonderful icon, a legend, a beautiful human being with a gorgeous heart who really made a, a huge difference in our world. And I'm just, I'm going to miss her terribly. I'm going to miss that smile and her sense of humor. Oh my gosh. She's just such a brilliant human being. Well, and the, the things that, that she championed, just, yeah, she stood up for people. She stood up for the rights of individuals and well, and animals. My God, animals. Yeah, it's a big one too. Anyway, no, sorry to yeah. divert us a little bit. I just was feeling it. No, and so I think she needed to be talked about. Um, everything from because she 
dealt with for us, it was, you know, dealing more with queer rights, but animal rights, uh, African-Americans. Um, she, you know, she, she was one of the first women television producers. Uh, she produced her series Life with Elizabeth from, in the, from the uh, early 50s. And she's one of the first women producers. She has done, she's had so many firsts and did it all with grace and style in her. And uh, her big thing was, uh, uh, what could she not live without? And her thing was love, which, you know, you got it, my God, you know, so that's, um, so, so many wonderful things about her. And like the whole, the, all those memes going out there that, that basically just say, um, live your life like Betty, you know, what, what is it? Uh, I haven't seen this. Yeah, live your life. Uh, it's live your life like Betty White. Uh, oh God! Anyway, it's something about it's that being sad that they died at ninety nine. I can't remember. You know, I oh, I'm gonna have to look it up, and I'll we'll uh -huh. put it in. now. It's a beautiful meme. So, um, but yeah, no. So I completely agree. I'm glad we talked about it. I will miss her. Yes, I. There's nobody who's not gonna miss her, and that's the wonderful thing. One of the last things that we can say that she she did not divide a country. She 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 united a country. Yes, she did. And she was the last of the Golden Girls. Yes. All right. All right. Let's 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 shake it off. Let's get ourselves into the show. Here yep. we go. Gary, get us started. So uh, we are talking today about, I realized we're so unprepared today, Holly. I'm not sure what, what are we, what is the title of this one going to be? I would say Lavender Screen 70s edition. That works. So yeah, so we're, so the majority of our information is coming from the book that Holly has, which is, do you want the, to say that? Yes, the Lavender Screen by Boz Handley. That's B-O-Z-E Handley, H-A-D-L-E-I-G-H. Um, it actually has been revised a couple of times because like we said earlier, our language adapts over time and when that happens we have to update our books so uh, a friend of mine gave me this book and it's basically gay and lesbian films all over the world and it's a it's a synopsis it's kind of like your your wikipedia before there was wikipedia but more journalistic slash film editor kind of feel to it and that inspired our 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 show, our, 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 not a show, our decade for this show, and that's the 70s. And, and then from also on that, I'm going to say that the other, for me, I, I did, a, I also watched the documentary, The Celluloid Closet mm. from 1995, narrated by one of our amazing queer goddesses, Lily Tomlin. Love her. Directed by Rob Epstein and Jeffrey Friedman. It's a documentary surveying the various Hollywood screen depictions of homosexuals and the attitudes behind them. Throughout the history of North American film, it's based on the work of Vito Russo. I just want to make sure to get that in because that's a lot of where my information comes from. Okay. And all from the 70s. So, um, <laughs> and from, and from, from being from the 70s, having experienced the 70s firsthand. Yes. <laughs> Whatever. Oh. Um, I was in a twinkle in my mom's eye at that point. Um, well, and I was still fairly young for majority of the seventies, but but yeah. what what 
why um, I was so excited when we talked about this is that really the 70s, they were making huge steps in bringing queer culture to the, mm -hmm. to the front. Um, and they were doing that in the movies. At some point, we should have another one talking about the about television, but there was so much. I was going to do a little synopsis on television, but oh my God, why? We have so much stuff here to go over. With. There's so much. And, and the 70s is taking place right after the Stonewall rights in 69 that took place in New York. And we started having more and more conversations and things happening in television, things happening in movies, things happening internationally. And, and this, this is also before, before uh, homosexual at this point was still, the beginning of the 70s was still considered a mental illness. We it was, remember. and AIDS hadn't really been rampant at this point. Nope. Um, so it just, there was a, there was a mixed feeling of cultural awareness of the other in this regard, but there was a willingness to push it into more of the mainstream at, at this point in the seventies. It was, yeah, very much. Well, in this time frame overall, just, there was a lot of, um, what we now classify as independent films were that same kind of feel, but they were mm -hmm. some of the big big moves at the time, that same kind of feel, they were really, they were going more for the, I mean, when you consider the fact that like Dustin Hoffman this time period was considered a sex symbol. I don't get it, I'm, or, you know, but you know, so <laughs> it's, I mean, they really were, it was trying to go a little avant-garde, you know, kind of trying to go that route with films. And, and thank God they embraced the queer culture at the same time period. In some ways, but other ways they didn't, or they really set up some bad stereotypes, which I think we're gonna be talking about. And I think one of the movies we yes. both want to talk about was Boys in the Band. Is that, yes. that's the first one. That set up the 70s, so it started off, and you you can go, I'll let you talk first and I'll add to it, because I, I Well, I think, so here's what I thought about that, because I saw the 2020 version. Okay. So I, I saw a different version from the one that was produced in the seventies, which from my understanding, it wasn't bad. Like the 2020 version actually wasn't a bad remake of that movie. I, my understanding is it was well-received, um, but the story itself, I, and this is, I'll just say this for all of the, the movies that we're going to review in this is that there are bad stereotypes as, as Gary said, where Pete, they, they're either, they're just a hot, hot mess of an artist tortured soul um criminal whatever like this they're murdering murder murderers or something like that and that's the only reason why it's acceptable to have this gay character on there is because they're they're they're, they're not just a gay character they're also the primary murderer or sinner or something like that so a lot of a lot of misdirect on this what's supposed to feel like i at least in some cases feel like a slice of life like boys in the band like a slice of life, like here's what happens when these guys get together and hang out and they decide, it's like a reunion, honestly. It's a, it's it's like a high school reunion where they're all grown up and they're all pulling up past drama and it just gets more and more out of control. And they're trying to have, they're trying to be straight for this one friend who's kind of a friend, but not really a friend, at least not a good friend. And they're all trying to act straight for that one person. And the reality is they may be questionable in their sexuality as well. 
but they don't they that individual doesn't want to talk about it and it just becomes like this gay beating scenario and hating on on themselves and saying just like why do we have to hate ourselves so much and i yes i think i think those are i think that's real i think that people do suffer from that or or have experienced that uh self-hatred because they're different from whatever the society is but I don't know. I, I feel like it's uh, in the 70s, uh, even now, that we get some bad stereotyping, uh, queer baiting so, especially. What with, I mean, then uh, we'll, we'll talk more here, but with, with Boys in the Band, then talking about the 1970 version. Because yeah, both versions. Um, and the big thing, why this was such, a, and why I wanted to start off talking about this one, is that the Boys in the Band when it came out, first of all, it was the first movie kind of mainstreamish. It was still an independent, but more mainstreamish that really showed to a big degree a layered, a layered queer person. It showed that they they could be self-centered, that they that they could be pissy, that they could be nice, that they yeah. could. Um, there were a lot of they, I would yeah a lot of depiction of of individual and differences. That, they, that they no matter what even as pissy as they got in all the fighting they did with each other that they still they you could tell that they all cared about each other yes and they would get they'd get oh they yeah you know, like you do in a family and that was something that people at that especially in that time frame didn't understand they did not get that in this you know because it, it was all gay men so gonna go uh, that a gay man could actually have feelings other than wanting to fuck something that they could actually be friends with each other that they weren't always trying to compete and weren't always trying to to fuck the straight guy because this is a lot of what the, uh, the association people had with 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 gay men at the time mm -hmm. was this thing and so all of a sudden having this this movie that showed people that were layered that had the ability to feel that were some were successful some weren't you you know and seeing this and then and some were happy, some weren't you know yeah and this particular movie also kind of not kind of it did it paved the way for gay themed plays to become more acceptable and mm -hmm. as a result more profitable and so it really did set the ground for for future productions and gave a lot of uh, courage to producers, directors, and just the media in general to take on these kind of societal conversations about what you know what is this? What is that like? Well, how do we have these conversations? Um, so yeah, it I, I, I like the movie. I, I didn't see the 70 version, like I said, but I like the 2020 version a lot. Um, especially Jim Parsons. I just love, love well, him. They're an amazing Jim, actor. Well, and remember this. So the people who I'm assuming everybody should know at this point, but it was on, it's on Netflix and it it's is. version. I think the big difference between the two is that the, the new version is much more polished. Mm -hmm. Um, the 1970s version is again, it's more of an independent ish, you know, it's a little more amateur to it it's still it holds a place in queer culture in the cinema world it's to me it's one of the groundbreaking things that you'll never you'll never get 
and but you're right jim parsons in the in the new version is amazing i actually i think they all do a great job they so. all did yes i the uh guy who played harold zachary quinto yeah nailed it nailed it well and just, he's spock too so come on he's spock on. i know but they, i just the diversity of that guy oh my gosh i was it took me i'm like i know that actor i know that actor and i was like no very good well, very well matt, done matt bomber you get to see his penis so really come on i mean oh, that's, that's true yeah i mean i mean come on that's like you know he's a <laughs> he's a beautiful human being and i i appreciate just about everything about the beautiful human being but that <laughs> so um not my thing I, so but yeah I, I think there's i think you know so it's a movie i think that people should see i think that if you're queer or you're a queer ally you should watch watch both movies in particular i think the netflix version first of all because it's easier to see mm -hmm. but it's also it's like i said it's much more polished but i really recommend the other one too i know that before we the next one you want to talk about sunday bloody sunday i wanted to put a in, in between uh well that and something for everyone so there's two of them um oh yeah so I want to talk briefly about a movie that came out in 1971 called Vanishing Point. Um, the entire reason I want to talk about this movie is, is it's it's uh, the synopsis is it's I have to read this to you. It says um, that uh, Kowalski works for a car delivery service. He takes delivery of a 1970 Dodge Challenger to take from Colorado to San Francisco. Shortly after pickup, he takes a bet to get the car there in less than 15 hours. After a few run-ins with motorcycle cops and highway patrol, they start a chase to bring him into custody. Along the way, Kowalski is guided by Super Soul, a blind DJ with a, a police radio scanner, throwing lots of chase scenes, gay hitchhikers, a naked woman riding a motorbike. And you've got a great cult hit from the early 70s. So the reason I even wanted to bring this up is that Vanishing Point was a very, it, it was a cult hit, but a very, it, it got seen by a lot of people. This was one of the first times that really the quote unquote straight culture saw gay men in a movie. And in it, the gay hitchhikers actually play bad guys. They, um, they, uh, they're, they, they're on the side of the road Kowalski stops and picks them up and um, they're very, oh my God, lispy, limp-wristed, everything. One of them's carrying a purse, all this shit, you know, every stereotype you could think of, they fit. And all of a sudden they go, they, they're driving the car and all of a sudden they put a gun to his, fit, to his face and said, this is a stick up, we want your car. The next thing you see is Kowalski uh, kind of the car swerving a little bit. And remember, there's one gay guy, they're both gay guys are in the back seat. Somehow Kowalski gets both these gay guys and kicks them out of the car without the car ever stopping. And wow. And he's able to get them from the from he's in the front seat, they're in the back seat, and he kicks them out of the car and they're, oh my God, it's just all gay wispy shit. And so this is the first impression most you know, middle America has of gay men is this wispy things that two of them can't keep a, and they're holding a gun 
they can't keep this one virile straight guy from beating the shit out of him and knocking him out of the car while he's in the front seat and they're in the back seat. So I just, this is a terrible stereotype that was set up that is still to this day, we have to deal with it at some point. That's all I want to say about that one. I wanted to move on. And next thing I want to talk about. Say that again. Oh, so I, I, that was all I want to say about that is that this is one of the, and we'll talk about a couple more, but this is a terrible stereotype. But gotcha. now it's your. And so you gonna... 1970 also, uh, something for everyone. Angela Lansbury. Mm. Love that woman. Um, so, okay, this is a, a post-war Australia uh, film. I believe it was in Australia. It was Anyway, basically, it's this young country lad, Conrad, played by Michael York. He charms his way into the countess, like, into, like, the household to basically serve as a butler. He doesn't really charm so much as he maybe sort of murders the previous hand and then happens to show up at the time they need one. And he's like, Hey, I'm here. You need a guy. I can be that guy. And ends up basically working for this countess sleeping with this rich, rich guy's daughter on the side and sleeping with the countess's son also on the side. And Did you say is, Australia or Austria? Sorry. Austria. Sorry. It was Austria. Okay. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Decides that he's got this being clever Conrad. He's going to hook these two lovers, his two lovers up so that they can get married, live together in the castle. And basically he can have his play. And that ends up going south. So then he decides to go after, you know, go for the countess and has the relationship with them. Oh, oh, but wait. There's a twist literally before cut to credit. And I'm going to leave you guys with that for you to watch because it's worth it. It is worth watching this film. You can only find it on YouTube right now. You can't find it in any other form, unfortunately, unless you buy it, can find a copy of it and buy it. Uh, but worth it. It's so worth it. That last, that last little like two seconds before the sink cuts to credit, I, would, I got up from the couch and yelled at the TV. And I haven't done that in a while. So this, this definitely got me, but he was, so this particular character uh, is a, a bisexual individual. I think he's a, a, a gay man who is torn into, you know, the heterosexual pole as well as uh, wanting to live his true self, but is a murderer. Like he murders people. And that's, I think I got his body count up to five is what he, he killed in order to get what he want. Um, so, you know, that's just what it is. But it was a really good, it was a really good story. Um, I think it was well done, especially for the, the year, you know, 1970s. I thought it was well filmed. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. Have you seen this movie? No, I haven't. Um, but what, what I do know about it is that um, it's one of the things that you notice in especially 70s movies. Mm hmm Take, not talking about him being a bad guy or a good guy, but so many of the of the queer coded males in particular during the seventies were they they were queer but bisexual. So yeah. many of them you know, that that you as this list we're talking about as we go through it, you'll find that most of the men 
oh yeah, I had sex with men, but look, I can have sex with women too. You see that yeah, a lot. So it's more of a a high life of the rich and the famous. Like, look, I can I get to have this, but also I'm also straight. Like you can and live and act a normal life like the rest of you. It's totally fine. But which is interesting because nowadays you get where and I that somebody who identifies as bisexual if they come out and say it they're some of the most ostracized people we find um not near i'm not putting them in the same category as trans or anything but for the in the queer culture the uh, the lgb they they're they they can be some of the most ostracized so it's weird to see that the in a straight culture that made these movies that somehow that that seemed to make it better yeah but again had both bad and good guys so anyway it's, I just, it's I, a good movie i re- highly recommend checking it out i will do that excellent i'm gonna have to watch it so then you also know you want to talk some and i i, I will talk a big amount of this one too but a sunday bloody sunday uh, it, this this one sunday. will be short this will be short and short and sweet um it's a terrible movie no, it's not. It's a terrible movie. I knew you were going to say, no, it's it. not. It is a terrible movie. I loved it. Oh, my gosh. It was filmed in 19, 1971. Uh, it stars Glenda Jackson, Murray Head, Peter Finch, Peggy Ashcock, Tony uh, Britton. I mean, just a good cast, good actors. I didn't like the way it was filmed. It just, I don't like that. The the It would show you like a little bit of like, a char- maybe a little bit of character development, a lot of story development. And then there's nothing. It's just these weird cut scenes. You're like, okay, are we in a dream sequence? Are we remembering something? Are we wishing for something? Or what's happening? And then it will cut back to what I think is the current moment. And it just, I don't know. It just didn't resonate with me. I was, I didn't even finish the movie, Gary. I got through three quarters of the movie. I didn't care what happened to any of the characters. I barely knew who the characters were. Uh, I understood that the doctor uh, you know, struggled with uh, living his true self and had a few little, had a few dainties here and there. And they basically form a love triangle, a, po- a polyamorous relationship uh, with this one uh, guy. So it, you're, you're reading much more into than there was. They, they never actually... Well, go ahead. I'm, I'm gonna let you finish, and I'll tell you. No, what no, like. no. Please, I want to hear. I really want to hear your thoughts on it because I tried. I really did try. I got good reviews. Um, this is a film you can purchase on Amazon, Roku, Vudu, whatever. But you also can, if you have an Amazon account, Amazon Prime has it for free. Um, yeah. I just so I took advantage of that. You know, I have it. Might as well use it. Mm-hmm. Uh, just not so, not me go but i want to hear your thoughts on it so obviously our wonderful listening audience i have an entirely different view of this movie <laughs> <laughs> i'd never seen it until just this last week i watched it so um what i got out of it well first of all they, there was no they, they 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 never they both shared him but not at the same time ever it was no 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 it was a share yeah they would um, and they got, and they didn't know each other until until they actually met up. Um, the the, uh, the two the, lovers. No, the the well, the two lovers of his. Yes. And they, um, they finally met up. Oh my gosh! Towards the end of the movie, really, where they actually talked for a little bit. Um, 
and just wanted to find out how how he was doing because he went off and he did some stuff that doesn't matter unless you watch the movie it would make no sense what i about to say so i won't say anything but what i enjoyed about this movie was i think one of the reasons you didn't enjoy it i enjoyed that it didn't really go anywhere it's just it it's called bloody sunday bloody uh, sorry sunday bloody sunday because really this all takes place on sundays and basically but it doesn't uh, it starts out on friday the dog dies but, on sunday and then they go into tuesday but what's going on is those are that's the big day when they're able to get together that with that he gets together with his individual lovers the majority of the time and where what is so lovely and fascinating to me about this movie was that never once was it a real issue that first of all he was seeing a man and a woman and that um, yes, you see that um, I've just lost his name. The doctor guy Peter has Finch. some, yeah, Peter Finch has some issues with um, being a homosexual, but no more so. It wasn't like he was, oh my God, I'm going to kill myself. Mm-hmm. Or he was, you know, it was something that a lot of men in that time frame, he kind of dealt with it how you would. He He didn't like when he went to a, uh, he's a he's a Jewish doctor. <laughs> that was the biggest stereotype in the movie. Actually, was that he was a Jewish doctor, um, and he went to uh, his nephew's bar mitzvah, and it was just asked, so, "Okay, so when are you going to get married?" And he goes, "Oh, I just have never found the right person." He never, you know. I just I liked how they handled all of that. Um, I liked that when he was with the woman, and she found out that he that he his other lover was a guy. It was never, you know, that was like, okay. Yeah. That was never an issue. And the same way with the other way, um, it was never an issue when I well, found and out. She almost was relieved that it was a guy. There was well, almost it, a sense of relief when she found out. And did you see, and it shows, and again, this is the 70s. So there was, you know, they talk about free love in the 60s. Really the free love happened in the 70s, guys. Uh, because it shows her that having, she went off and basically had pity sex with another person at one point. Yes. Yeah. And, um, and so that was right about where I was like, I have no idea what's happening <laughs> anymore. Who is this guy? Who is this fourth guy? <laughs> um, and he was, oh, anyway, again, if you, if you, it was something what I so enjoyed, basically just showing a day in the life, you yes. know, over and over again. And I so enjoyed that there was never, the issue wasn't that, oh my God, he's sleeping with different people. That One of them happens to be a man, one has to be a woman. It's that these two people were trying to get more of his time. They, they were it, in love with him. They wanted more yeah, of a they commitment. They were both very much in love and you could tell it. And, <laughs> and I will, so- I have a couple comments I wanna add on this yeah. uh, before okay. we close out. So uh, if, if you don't mind, so- yeah. This, I will say that this film had one of the earliest first gay kisses in a major movie. Yep. That also resulted, predictably, in offending many people, some of whom walked out. Uh, But also, there was an increased number of people that just went. Like, they just, that were, that would identify to something in this film. So there was an increase in that. Um, awareness and then that in turn awareness for the studios 
Murray Head, um, he was, well, just, I will just go back and say they were amazing actors. So Murray Head, who's the lover who plays Bob, um, he and Peter Finch were doing that kiss scene and they Mm -hmm. took, the director took several different angles on that kiss and they did, they recorded it several times because he wanted to get it just right to the point that the crew, much of whom were older, kept asking the director, like, are you sure? Like, is this enough? Do we have to keep doing this? Like, uh, like super itchy. And he's like, yes, yes, we are. Who's he's also a gay man. Um, and he's like, no, we're definitely going to record this. We're going to work. It's got to be perfect. It can, we it cannot cut away well. from it. It was done beautifully. It, was, it was a beautiful it shot. Yeah. It was genuine, beautiful. And I think the big thing at this point we need to mention too, is that um, with this movie, that it got uh, five Oscar nominations. It didn't win anything, but it was nominated. Mm-hmm. So that says a lot for that time frame. It won a bunch of BAFTAs, which is the, the British version of the Oscars. Okay. Um, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. So um, Peter Finch won. He uh, Best Actor. Best Actress was by Glenda Jackson. It won Best Direction by, by John Schlesinger. It yeah. won Best Film, Best Editing. And then it was nominated for a bunch of other things. So that, so this, these are all things that for the time period, you got to think how groundbreaking this, this movie was. Huge. It was huge. It was unheard of. And the fact that they focused so much time on that kiss scene was unheard of. And the fact that uh, the director, how do you say his name? Schlesinger? Schlesinger. Schlesinger? Yeah. I mean, very adamant, yelling, like, yes, this is necessary. We're going to do this. Uh, to and the point that, that both both the actors, both of them, both were, of them, yes, were, Go ahead. were willing to. They were willing to continue with this. They wanted to make sure that Peter Finch uh, has, has talked about. He wanted to make sure this was a legitimate love story. He wanted he wanted to show that he wasn't trying to, in very very straight male, but he wanted to show what this story was and for. And, you know, nowadays it's how people normally get win Oscars, but at the time he's taking a huge risk and he was a fairly big talent. And so, yes. And a lot of people thought that this, it hurt, it hurt his career because he didn't work for a year, but he, if you look at his record and even he says this, he goes, I often took breaks year to two years after doing a, a big film that, that I poured a lot of energy into. I often took breaks. And I don't know how true that is or not, but he stands by that performance and, and doesn't, or and he, he did. Amazing. Huh? It, so I, I get the impression that you can talk about that you think they all did a good job acting. You shouldn't like the story is what you're saying. Is that I more just didn't like I, how the story was. I didn't like the story, I guess, is, I yeah. guess is what it is. Because there were some <laughs> film things that were done that I'm like, eh, I don't really, I didn't really like that particular style that's just a style but i think it was the story it was hard to hear the dialogue over all the music so that was hmm. part of it maybe if i had subtitles on i could hear what was being said yes yeah, i had the subtitles on my watch just because i'm so yeah, used to that with me and, and i usually about. do it just didn't on this one because i just didn't have it activated for the account 
So I think part of it was that it's like, I couldn't understand some of the things because it was like, okay, the dog's dead. What? She's resigning. She's resigning from her job. I don't, why? When, well, now, when did that well, come yeah, up? And so I would watch it again with the subtitles at some point, like give yourself a while, watch it again. And you may not like it. You still may not. But I, like I said, I was just, I was enamored with it. It does take you a little bit of time. You have to think it's not like movies today where it's force fed down you. You had to think your way through some of the stuff. Which I'm, find- I'm fine with. I'm fine with that. Like I picked, I did get that in the one scene when the dog died that she had some trauma herself that uh, the, apparently the other family knew about because when they were like, we're so sorry you had to deal with that. I know like that brought up some feelings for you. Like I identified a little bit. I was like, oh, they get it. They see that there is pain there, but then they're like, we're going to buy a new one. I'm like, wow, you guys had no, no remorse for that dog. You just left for two nights and then come back and your dog's dead. And you're like, we're going to buy a new dog. It's fine. Don't you worry about it. Well, and remember that see, and you wouldn't remember this. Sorry. As at that time, and really even for a while after that, it was, that's what you did if a dog died, you immediately replaced it. You know, it, it's, that was just kind of the given that, oh my God, yeah, we. Yeah, I remember my it, mom doing that. She thought, I mean, she, she thought it was, that's what you had to do. Yeah. And then so I had it, watched it, my dog die. And she's like, that almost the next day she went and we adopted this, this dog from, I don't know, Humane Society or something. And it immediately ran away. Like that night, it ran away. And yeah. my mom was like, maybe we shouldn't have a dog. I'm like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't have a dog. I'm still grieving this dog that I, at the time, blamed myself for killing because I thought I killed him. And it was just, I don't know. I think it's, I don't yeah. think it's a wise idea to just go out and replace and that, your animal. Again, that was part of, again, it was, it was in the life. And it, it, this, at the time period, it was, that would have been what people did. I do, I did um, like the, 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 all that all the stuff with the phones and the call center oh, yeah. and the switchboard i did like i did enjoy how they filmed that that was that was fun anyway oh no i love that <laughs> let's move so on I think, yeah i was gonna say i was gonna talk about cabaret now um, okay movie, i think you you've seen cabaret haven't you no okay so first of all uh Desiree, when you listen to this, make sure I can't believe that you're with somebody who's never seen Cabaret. Make- <laughs> oh. She will, yeah, if she hears that and finds out, she will, yes, yeah. she will definitely oh, yeah. be flabbergasted. Okay, so the synopsis of Cabaret is done in 1972. So I'm trying to go chronologically here. Okay. It was, it was made in 1972. It's set in 1931 in Berlin. The, there's an English professor from Cambridge named Brian Roberts comes across the boarding house where the promiscuous American performer and singer of the cabaret Kit Kat Club, Sally Bowles, lives. They befriend each other and soon Sally discovers that Brian is not attracted to women, but they have a love affair. When Sally meets the wealthy Baron Maximilian Van Hahn, both Sally and Brian are seduced by the Baron. Meanwhile, there is ascension of the Nazi party. So this is really... That's a synopsis, but that really fits it all. That's what's going on there. The best part of this movie is that they really hint around that that uh, that Brian Roberts, played by Michael York, um, is is gay. In the in the play, it's just right out there. They hint around at the beginning that he's gay. It's very much referred to, but they have a scene where Sally goes. I fuck him, and Michael York's character Brian goes, "I do too," <laughs> and it's just this moment that you know that I remember watching when I first saw this movie. And go, 
yes, you know, and so, and again, it showed these people that really, he was in a much better place than Sally. Sally has some issues. Yeah, you know, I'll leave it at that. If you've never seen the movie, you should, because she has some issues. Um, but it, it just, again, showed that both of them, uh, Sally does accept that Brian's who Brian is and Brian accepts who Sally is. So it accepts on both sides of it. There's no, there's no issues with it. There's no issues that he's gay. It also shows that from, and this was really true, especially in, in Berlin at that time until the Nazis did all their terrible, terrible shit. Oh my God. But really gay culture was pretty alive and thriving in Berlin. At, in the 1930s, well, really, even to a degree in, United, in the United States, not near to the same degree, but really, it was it was very accepted there until the Nazis took over. So um, it's that's really what I want to talk about with that one. And it shows that that he and Sally end up having a, an affair. The main reason that you you get that they do it more just because they're they love each other, they're not in love with each other, you know. So it's just they end up having an affair because. I think that they're both broken enough. I think that's what they do. That's my personal opinion. Okay. But that he is gay and that, um, and it shows again another, it, again, it's 1972 and it's showing a man who, well, look, I, I fuck men, but I can still sleep with a beautiful woman, you know? So I think that that was how they dealt with all that. So um, to keep them, because really Brian's character is the good guy in this whole, in this whole movie, in the play. He is the good guy. Um, He's not out murdering people. No, and he's just the one of nobody in this movie, quote, movie slash play are great people, but he really is the moral compass of the of this movie, you know, as much as there is one. So good, first of all, he's a good actor, and I, I did I oh, did enjoy Logan's Run. Something for everyone. Have you seen Logan's Run? No. Uh-uh. Oh my god, you're 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 a sci-fi nerd and you've never seen Logan's Run. No. Okay. All right. I'll, well, I'll put it on my. I'll put it on my list. I'm gonna tell you it's dated and cheesy now, but it's, you have to watch it. Something. Okay. <laughs> so, next, gonna move on to Freebie and the Bean. The entire reason I want to talk about this movie is that it has a transvestite killer in it. Oh my gosh! That's the this this movie is it's made in 1974. Um, starred. James Kahn and Alan Arkin. Um, and it is so racist and so misogynistic and everything about it. Um, James Kahn's character has a wife played by Valerie Harper, who we all know if you've listened to our podcast, who is from the Mary Tyler Moore show because she got to say the wonderful line of, of he's gay. That's why they didn't get together. If she's in this movie, she, her character does not even get to have a name. She is the wife. Even in the credits at the end of the movie, she's listed as the wife. Really? And she's a known. She's a known person. You know, so so it was um uh the bean is Alan Arkin, who plays a Hispanic man in this movie. And so he's the bean. He was a beaner because James Conn character called everybody by what they were. Um, but where this is, all, there's so many I could go off on if I wanted to. Where this is leading to is that, um, so the 
we f we first meet uh, this uh, this uh, female impersonator who is played by Christopher Morley. We first meet his character in a tub, oversexed and lisping. <laughs> Freebie and the Bean both are disgusted by his mere existence. After a lengthy chase, the transvestite shoots Bean, seriously injuring him, and Freebie faces him in a final showdown in a bathroom at the baseball stadium. Freebie is beaten at first, knocked the ground by the transvestite, who interrupts his kicks and punches for a little preening time. Do you know what I'm saying here? Then in the middle of beating the shit out of Freebie. He stops to make himself look pretty. To look himself in the mirror and preen. This is beyond offensive to me. Um, but in the end, thank God, Freebie was able to grab his gun and em empty his gun into the transvestite's chest killing him Jeez. so this is this is again so we have these wonderful really overall good characterizations you know for mm -hmm. the time in particular um and then we had this on the other end of the spectrum that's set up and it, this really led into because this is a very popular movie of the year it was a huge movie and so again another movie that this is how a lot of middle america got to see was as a gay lisping man who dressed in women's clothes, who killed people and who, thank God, was killed in the end. Right. So not do anything more. It said, audiences reportedly cheered at the death scene. Not just happy for the villain's demise, but, sorry for this coming up, but cheering the death of the fag. Yeah. Notably, the shooting was deemed violent for network reruns of the film. So it was removed. Uh, so who removed several of the gunshots to reduce it down to just two? They still showed him dying by a gunshot, but they went down to just two shots. That's how terrible this movie is. So don't watch this movie, but I just wanted I, people, please do not watch this movie. Yeah. Don't give it anything. But I wanted you to know that this is where this is, that how bad it was on the other end of it, because we're overall talking some really nice things. Now, the next movie I want to talk about real quickly was the Rocky Horror Picture Show. You've seen the Love Rocky Horror Love it. Yes. Okay. Now I can, I can officially go without having a V on my forehead. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's, and basically want to talk about the fact that this movie, it, it has a gay trans, it has a transsexual, it has, um, everybody else is either bisexual or uh yeah i mean that's really it so they're, they're all bisexual in this movie there's nobody that's uh except for maybe no they're all bisexual really because if you look at that they all can it shows them giving themselves to absolute pleasure it's just a fun movie i at this day and age i can't imagine people who haven't seen it anymore except maybe if they're younger than holly there might well, be a point in, the, in the play too oh yeah there's the play and all this stuff and so it was, first of all, it was a, the movie was a flop. It did, it did, it, oh my God. But it got discovered in Midnight Showings. That's how it's been known. And it's, it's become one of the most profitable movies of that yeah. year because of, because of the Midnight Showings. But it's taken years to get there. It was a flop when it first came out. Nobody wanted to see it. But I just need to talk about that because this show, I mean, it's, like I said, in, in 
the movie, one of the lines, one of the songs is give yourself over to absolute pleasure. That's what it's talking about. It says, love yourself, mm-hmm. love who you are, love who you want to. I mean, so really actually probably be more, uh, uh, not polyamorous. Yeah, that's right. They'd probably be more polyamorous at this point if they really did it. So that was just it. That was all I want to talk about. Did you want to talk any more about that movie? No, I, I love give yourself to pleasure. I, I, I like that. That's, that's a yeah. fun line. Um, done responsibly. Yeah, done. Well, yeah, done responsibly. <laughs> you know, use condoms, all that kind of stuff. Have so. consent. Make sure you have consent. Yeah. yeah, have consent. You don't need another name, just as long as they say it's well, okay. Like to say, yeah. Oh. So, next one I'm going to talk about was 1976. There's a play called. There's a movie called Next Stop Greenwich Village. The entire reason I want to talk about this movie is again, there is a gay character in the in the movie. That's just treated like one of the gang. It's he um, he gets some of the best lines. He's smart. That's really it. Just that he's one of the he's not the main character. He is one of the characters in it, and it shows him being a pretty cool person and not not this evil killer and not somebody. He's actually well spoken. He dances well. Wonderful. The next one I want to talk about is Car Wash, which also came out in 1976. Probably for those of you who are younger would know this more from the, from the, if you've ever heard of the song Car Wash, working at the car wash, that this movie came from that. that, Oh, okay. And the main thing I want to talk about this is that it does star Richard Pryor, which, you know, it's Richard Pryor. So anybody should watch it for the reason alone, but it does have several gay characters in it. And um, it's uh, it, it's worth watching. It has female personators. Um, the, and then really the only other thing I wanted to say at this point was that things start to go downhill in, for, in 1980, we have the movie Cruising with Al Pacino. Terrible, terrible movie that's the start of the 80s. Mm. And so I would, I would say stay away from that. But I want, we wanted to really, I think we both wanted to focus more on the really good movies. Yeah, think- or, the, or something that had, I, I feel, I'm, I'm sure there's other films out there that contributed something to the, the growing industry and oh, pushing the boundaries, so many- right? Yeah. But these were the ones that just struck for us. Oh, yeah. So if there's some out there that we missed that you feel like we should cover or have a comment, hit us up on our Instagram and Twitter so we can have a conversation. Especially on one, Twitter, because we we are loving you guys even more on the Twitter because you guys are very interactive with us. Thank you. Love you. Um, so, yeah, drop, you know, tell us the movies that you want us to check out. I definitely am interested in it as we continue to explore wonderful world of gay, LBGTQ, lesbian, whatever type of film that's out there. I do want to say that on the whole, we talked briefly about the TV side of things. Yeah. Um, there is a great uh, Matt, Matt Baum, who is on YouTube, has done an entire series of pieces about uh, the gay culture on TV. And really, there's some really great ones on 70s television. I would I would okay. check him out. He has done some amazing things. And, check, and check it out. So I kind of feel that we shouldn't we don't need to do him do the 70s television because he's done so much with that. So all right. All right. So. Check him out. But yeah, so I think I think you're right. That's a wrap. I think we're good. And again, we're not we're not 
Kirk Corner. Just one last reminder of that. <laughs> We're not doing Kirk Warner. Yeah. Um, but I will still do intro music into the next segment of thank you for checking out our show and listening to us. If you like what you're hearing, like and subscribe, tell your friends about it, connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and just drop us a line. Tell us what you want to hear. Show us your love. We want to share our love with you guys. Thank you so much for being here. And until next time, be well. And be queer, you wonderful fuckers. <laughs> Thank you for connecting with us on this week's Conundrum. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Quernundrum Podcast. And email us at Quernundrum at Quernundrum.com. And please rate and review us on iTunes. Until then, peace and be well. And be queer. <laughs>